just wanted to say a quick disclaimer. We are not theologians, pastors, religious teachers, or in any way an authority of the Bible. Just average Christians having a great time talking about the Bible with our friends. Potluck was created to encourage food for thought and to help open a conversation about major and minor topics from the Bible. We strongly encourage all audience members to conduct their own research as statements presented are largely opinion-based. We here at Potluck wish you a great day and please come and join the Potluck. Welcome to Potluck, the podcast where we bring our different dishes of conversation and perspective to the table. This podcast focuses on a casual conversation about God through personal stories and experiences. We hope that these conversations help in understanding the Bible, God, and each other. We're glad that you've decided to join our conversation. Hello and welcome back to Potluck, the podcast. I'm Danila and... I have a question for you all. We're starting off with Briley this time. What is your favorite fruit? Oh, easy. Oh, wait. Uh, ooh, I, why, that's not as easy as I thought. Okay, either strawberry or peach. I, they're both good. Peach. It's definitely not mango since you're allergic. Well, mangoes are really good, but. <laughs> well, uh, I'm Delano and uh, my favorite fruit would might have to be raspberry. Mm, wow if that's even a fruit i don't know if berries are fruits yes <laughs> okay most definitely <laughs> um my name's caitlin uh and my favorite fruit is cantaloupe Ooh. all right my name is vincent and my favorite fruit has to be the golden kiwi Ooh, mm. that's a good one i'm darcy um and my the first fruit that popped into my mind was a mango but then the second one was also a kiwi so we're gonna go with two favorite fruits mango and nice uh hello my name is daniel uh i'm kind of a brother on this and this is not an easy question uh it's gonna be a tie between mango and mame so what's, what's mame one of them Oh, you've never had mame before? Is there an English name for that? What does it look like? Uh, it's like pink. Pink? Yeah. It has like a like an orange inside and then a, like the, the actual like fruit is pink. Like guava? Kinda? No, I mean, it's not guava though, but... It sounds like a peach. It's not a peach. What? Maybe if I can pull it up from here so you guys can Yeah, see you pull it. it up and I'll say my favorite fruit in the meantime. That's very interesting. Um, I also first thought of mango and then I realized that star fruit is definitely my favorite. Wow. So I've never fun. had star fruit. Yeah, I yes. don't think I have either. <gasps> what? I literally had it like every day fruit. for lunch. Have you guys ever had lychee? Yes. Yeah, like, no, I have I've never no, had. It's like the little red. They look like strawberries, but then oh, I don't think they would say they look like strawberries. But sort of. They have the strawberry shape. They have a red little shell on the outside, mm-hmm. and you peel off the skin on the outside and eat the inside. Is mm-hmm. it like a white thing? Yeah, and it's, it has a little seed in the center. Yeah. That oh good. yeah, I have it. Yeah. Mom, I've, I mean, yeah, I've so seen good. people eat it, and I feel like I have eaten it, but I have it. It looks. Does it? Though. Does it look dangerous? Like it looks like kind of spiky to eat, but you can yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like soft. This doesn't spike you at all. There's yeah. like lychee boba, there's lychee juice, mm-hmm. oh, it's everything so good. Yeah, Lychee's good. I've tried that stuff, but I haven't tried like the fresh fruit. Okay, Daniel, did you figure it out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like this. Oh. Oh, I have I've never, never had that before. Nope. It's really sweet. And for me, the taste profile is very similar. Like not the profile, but they like the the taste of it tastes like cotton candy. I really oh, like that. I'm gonna have to try that. What? It looks like papaya. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen some people but like there's like a instead of a thousand seeds, it's like one. Yeah, it's just one big one. That's insane. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So our topic today is the Ten Commandments. 
now we recorded this <laughs> before but it did not work ver- out very well because um we were all over the place we we're very excited and eager about the topic but it was so confusing i couldn't even understand it stand it so we're re-recording it um with a purpose we're only doing the first three commandments and an introduction about what the ten commandments is so guys what's the ten commandments god's love for humankind yes (laughs) like rule book yeah basics but like where did it like where did it come from like are you saying the reason the reasoning behind why it had to be a thing or like physically like where did it come from you decide either way is great okay <laughs> okay let's go with um physically where did it come from god's lightning hand okay so first of all let's set this, <laughs> we need to set the scene up <laughs> I could take this one. Okay, okay. Here we go, Darcy. All right. So the Ten Commandments. So basically, when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt through Moses, they traveled to the wilderness for a while, and then he decided that he needed to write down his law for them. He needed to specifically say what he expected of them. Um, and so Moses went up on a big mountain and Mount Sinai on Mount Sinai um, and he was up there for a really long time it was like 40 days um, and while he was there God was giving him like tons of instructions and things for him to then pass on to the Israelites like way more than the Ten Commandments but the thing that most people remember from that and the thing that was the most like um, the most memorable from that was that God physically gave him Ten Commandments which were a set of 10 laws, 10 commandments, 10 rules that were written with God's hand, like his finger in stone. However, we talked about last time and the first time we tried to record this, we talked about how those first stones that he gave Moses were like potentially some sort of precious stone. Sapphire. We spent 10 minutes, (laughs) 10 to 15 minutes in the last podcast just discussing that the type of stone was sapphire now this is interesting because all the depictions of the ten commandments is always in that like clay rock type feel (laughs) but we were like researching and we saw that it actually was written in sapphire and what was the reason for that because like blue or sapphire is like the color of the law or something um and it's like it makes sense because god would definitely like if he was gonna write in a rock, he was gonna write in a pretty rock, right? Like, <laughs> but then we also discussed like the reason why it's always depicted as like those two tablets of like that gray clayish stone is because when Moses came down the mountain and saw that the Israelites were like creating a calf, a golden calf out of all their jewelry, they mounted their jewelry together to create this golden calf. He got so angry that he like slammed the whole thing down and it was like it was oh, that's right he broke it yeah he broke yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't just the commandments it was actually the commandments in this nice like sapphire case but he like broke it so then he had to carve his own his own out and so that's why it's not as pretty talk about a bruh moment <laughs> right <laughs> yep this is why we can't have nice things exactly <laughs> wait daniel uh you are looking real confused <laughs> It's the first time ever I've, I've ever heard any of this, so I'm like, he did yeah. what now? Yeah, yeah he broke the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Huh. yeah. I, like, I knew he broke them, but I didn't know they were in Sapphire. Like, that's kind of... Yeah, the Sapphire thing is really interesting. Yeah, we were researching it last time, and it's like, it's something that is briefly mentioned in the Bible, but it is, like, confirmed through... Um, jewish and um muslim like religion history that they both agree that it was both written in sapphire like and they, you know when they agree on something we know it's like okay <laughs> this, 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 this is true <laughs> it won't happen again <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah 
So why, so like we kind of talked about how we got them, but I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions on why they were given. I think a lot of people see the 10 commandments as like a restriction. Some people see it as like how we live, a moral guide. Some people see it as this is how I need to get to heaven. So how do we feel about that? Oh, that's interesting. You said a, a restriction? Yeah. Well, that's kind of crazy because I was actually thinking of, of that earlier today. And it's only 10 of them. I mean, yeah. nowadays we live by so many. <laughs> a section 3.2, like there's so many, right? And because um, I was kind of thinking like there's no way God expects just the 10. I mean, there's, I feel like laws of conduct and just human interaction kind of goes beyond just 10. But I feel like they all sort of stem back to the original 10, which are in a way logical with the exception of, I'm not, I don't remember exactly what how the Ten Commandments go because like for like the Sabbath isn't a one that all of humanity looks or respects. But um, I don't know, like don't kill, like that's uh, that's one that everyone does. Mm-hmm. but there's beyond that you know be be good to your fellow man and other like there's the golden rule which i don't i don't know if that's part of the ten commandments or not but um so it's interesting that you say that some people look at it as a limitation in a sense i, be, I believe that that's only like a baseline yeah to way more that is sort of well, it is. It's not sort of. It is expected of you as a, just a, a human being, but then beyond that, as a child of God, or in that sense, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, That's that how makes I look sense. Because when I heard limitation, I'm like, oh, oh, right. You like <laughs> energy. Yeah. 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 Growing up in the church, uh, in in a church, um, they're having friends who are like, oh, man. I can't go do things on Saturday because I have to respect the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Oh, these Ten Commandments, they, they're so restricting. I, I've heard that a lot. I felt that a little bit as a kid too, perhaps. But yeah, I mean, like you said, Vince, there's not very many rules, Ten, and they're they're relatively like, they're not like so many little like bylaws and subsections of these 10 rules that it makes it obscene mm-hmm. they're they're not crazy difficult to respect they're not easy to always keep either but it's not like you break one and you're dead either mm-hmm. right yeah i, know, I, kinda... I guess uh, i guess it's... oh god go ahead, oh, go ahead. Oh, before before i was gonna say like i guess uh, like a segue topic could be how how what is the weight of the ten commandments mm. because god expected us to break, I mean, well, I wouldn't say expected us to break, but he knew he would. We would break them, because in a way, it's kind of weird to say they're very easily breakable. Mm-hmm. Like I said, in and of itself is easy. Uh, but um, because I wouldn't say you're not going to heaven if you did, if you make mistakes, we're gonna make mistakes. But yet they are pretty solid like solid throughout the bible the ten commandments is mentioned man multiple times i believe so yeah but riley my bad for uh... that's fine i was gonna say something kind of similar because like growing up I, i've always you know like ten commandments keep the ten commandments because you know like that's the thing to do because god gave us the ten commandments and like that's the way to heaven and stuff i don't know if anyone ever directly told me that the ten commandments were like the way to heaven but it was kind of Maybe I just thought of it that way, but it was kind of, like, pushed that way, I feel like, to some extent. But, like, the older I've gotten, like, I've heard the the term salvational issue a lot. And, like, oh, well, is it a salvational issue? Then should we bring it up if it's a salvational issue? And then some people define salvational issues as, like, the Ten Commandments, like, the Ten Commandments. But, like, I heard a sermon recently, and I kind of, I like the way he described it. And he was like, the only, the only sin that'll keep you away from heaven is like completely like rejecting God. Like, and he's like, and even then only God gets to decide who rejects him and to what extent, like if it's an actual continuous rejection of like the Holy Spirit and God and what he wants for you or whatever. And I, I kind of, I kind of 
liked that better than the obey the rules or go to hell kind of vibe, you know? So that makes sense. I feel like I had a point there, but. No, no, that makes sense. And that was a good okay. point. But there is like commandments, like I think it's the fifth commandment where it's like honor your father and mother um, so that you may live long the land that God had promised you. So mm-hmm. there's like, there are like, commandments where it does make it seem like it is a salvation issue um but I agree I feel like the impardonable sin I think that's what's called um we're like we as Adventists believe that that sin is just rejecting God so like the only way you really don't go to heaven is fully rejecting God because you just rejected everything that he's about so like he doesn't want to force you to be with him so it's not even a situation of, oh, you don't get to come. It's more of a, you don't want to come. You don't want to come. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I see that. But I also see the 10 commandments as also like the least we can do. So whenever I'm thinking about like other situations in our church that we see as like sin or not, I kind of use the 10 commandments as like my guideline of just like, does it compare to these 10 things? the least I can do is follow these 10 things. Everything else is like extra, (laughs) like adding things on to like better myself, better my relationship with God, hear him more clearly. Um, which I find is very important, um, to myself and my walk with God personally. But if I don't follow anything else, I just need to follow those 10. (laughs) That's how I see it. I, I kind of like seeing it that way too. It's because like, I feel like they're, in, I don't like thinking there's more of laws as more of like, they're here to help us to live like a better life. And I feel like if they're almost a gift, God's like, okay, this is how you live the most productful, healthy life. Like, don't do these things. It'll be better for you in the long run. So, and I kind of like that, like, at least do this. So, hmm very good point Briley very good point Briley and that's kind of what I was gonna say real quick was like some of the commandments especially towards the end are thou shalt not which are like you are don't do this but I feel like the earlier ones are more for us or maybe I'm not remembering them correctly but for example the the one with the keep the seventh day I keep here the the Sabbath was made for us Mm -hmm. we were made for this it was made for us to rest it's almost like we're entitled to a day, a day of rest right. from divinity. Almost, it kind of it's kind of cool, but I don't yeah. think it's a a game over if you don't. Yeah, sort of a deal. Um, maybe that's just my opinion on on it, but I, that, that that's kind of how the Ten Commandments are. In in at the end of the day, they're made for us. So, I guess it can be a little restrictive, but uh, in a sense, I like don't kill, but. If you're if you have a tendency to kill, maybe you are a problem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I I, I, think maybe, I think maybe the restrictive, like the feeling that it could be restrictive, is the way that some people will like bash this over your heads. Like parents, maybe parents who don't even really deserve respect mm, will be a like, point. Oh, better honor us because the Bible says you have to. Um, and then obviously we know people really bash the Sabbath over people's heads sometimes. Um, but when you really just like read them, just, like they're kind of just showing you how to be a basically decent person. Like an obvious one is you should not murder. Like that's pretty freaking obvious to help us live a better life. Don't. Oh my gosh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> don't commit adultery like these are things that may seem good in the short run but they're just gonna like bite you in the bite you in the butt in the future Mm -hmm. so by not doing those things you're living a better life and not coveting like you're if you covet things you're not going to be happy with what you have you're never going to be happy with what you have um and then like just honoring your father and mother respecting your neighbor not lying about them like these are things that will help us live in harmony with each other which again that will make us happier 
So maybe they're maybe they've been twisted to restrictive. And also, since we tend to want to do things that are bad for us, they can seem restrictive in that respect as well. But definitely, when you just kind of look at them as at face value, you can see how doing these are actually so much better for your health, like mental health, happiness in the long run. Mm-hmm. And when when Jesus was crucified, uh, it's written in the Bible that he kind of uh, fulfilled the law. And a lot of people like to think that means that, oh, the old, uh, the old Testament laws are done with and it's only uh, two now. But truly, the two that is referring to, which is love God and love your neighbors as yourself, that's essentially what all the 10 original uh, uh, 10 commandments boil down to. Two things, love God and love your neighbor as you would love yourself those two things everything else follows falls under so mm-hmm. like like everybody's been saying it's really just a guide on how to live together with each other mm-hmm. happily and uh fruitfully mm-hmm. yeah all right like overall the ten commandments kind of like very similar to what Danila said it's very much like the for me it's like the bare minimum of what i could do so when I read the Ten Commandments and I look at it like just as kind of like a, like rules to follow, right? I'm sitting there going like, I think Vincent touched on this part a little bit. Like, really, that that's it. That's a that's a solid way of living your life. You gotta you gotta if you can do those things, you're gonna have a good good time on this on this earth. So when I see, I also try to think about like the context of like why God did it. And I was just like, the Israelites kept messing up. Like a lot, <laughs> a lot, lot. Yeah, and they literally just saw God commit acts of miracles and, and wrath and everything, and they were like, "Yeah, golden calf, that one." <laughs> but uh, I mean, it like it, it's really easy to bash them because like that was like a long time ago, and you know they also got to see those 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 things of God. But for us, like I would say, we're also kind of in that range of like general stupidity where. Mm-hmm. If you look at a lot of those laws, you can think in your head of not only yourself, but other people that you know that have broken at least one a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so like we're we're no better as as a as a generation or like even as a different like what is what is it called? The different time uh, or different time period. We're not any better. Like the the main one is like thou shalt not have any gods before you right or before me. Uh, we have like a lot of things that we would probably consider not. We wouldn't say it ourselves that these are like our gods, right? But like we treat it like it's our god. We worship it like it's our god. We do a lot of things like it is our god. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of these rules that yeah, thou shalt not go. Thou shalt not have any of the gods before me. You're like oh yeah sure I I, I love you Jesus but. You have like for some example for me like video games like oh my god sometimes i put that over god and that's not okay so that that becomes my god essentially mm-hmm. so for a lot of people like the a different aspect there could be like football soccer uh makeup uh different types of hobbies or things that people enjoy like it it's very easy to put that above god because that's something you're doing and like doing so there's different ways to see these rules and also be like, I can use the rules that God set for the Israelites to apply to my life. And I will have a really happy life. Like if I don't commit adultery, pretty sure I'm going to have a happy life. If I don't murder anybody, I think life's going to be a lot easier that way. (laughs) And I don't know for there's other religions. Each religion has, you know, kind of like a day off a week. But I just know if I did not have the Sabbath, I'm pretty sure I'd be bald, crying, laying down in the grave somewhere. Because oh, I would, man. I'd be dead. There's no way. You, <laughs> no, hundred percent. Like, yeah, I yeah. would be done for if I didn't have the Sabbath. So I don't know. It, at least through my life, I can say that following the Ten Commandments is is a, a very good idea and a very good blessing to have. So. It's not just an old rule or restriction, you know, you follow it because you think you're going to have a happy life. And so far, and I think most Christians would tell you, 
following those rules, you're going to have a pretty decent life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, you brought up something very interesting um, that I wanted to bring up before we start reading through the Ten Commandments, but the uniqueness of the Ten Commandments uh, with other religions, like while I was researching some ten, like some stuff about the Ten Commandments before we started this podcast, um, what's really unique about the Ten Commandments versus other religion and other religions' rules um, when it comes to their God is that very few of them actually have to do with God. <laughs> like the first three has to do with how we treat God. The rest of them are just like how we treat each other. So I think that's super huge because even the first three, it's not like, okay, so every Wednesday you have to light this candle and say three prayers. And like, it's not that specific. Like even the, the laws, and we're about to get into them, even the laws that does have to do with like worship God, worshiping God and how he wants to be worshiped. It's not like a specific time day situation. It's just an overall hey, I don't like to have images made of me. <laughs> so it's, it's just it's like a basic understanding of that, which I feel like is kind of nice to have. But as humans, we, of course, add and put more pressure on to the, the very simple Ten Commandments. Um, and we have, like Darcy mentioned, uh, adult figures in our life sometimes can put more pressure to onto the 10 commandments us individually can put more pressure onto the 10 commandments and stuff like that but let's start reading it caitlin do you want to you want to start us off (laughs) (laughs) um you ready where are the 10 commandments found again exodus such a bad christian (laughs) (laughs) and Um, somewhere else too right exodus 20 and then like deuteronomy 10 (laughs) <laughs> there's two places in the bible you said exodus what 20 20 okay <clears throat> so just read the first one right yeah um and god spoke all these words saying i am the lord your god who brought you out of the land of egypt out of the house of bondage you shall have no other gods before me there you um, go. That's the first one. <laughs> the first commandment. Do not have any other gods before me. Now, Daniel already started tackling that <laughs> earlier with talking about video games and how we could put other gods, bef- other objects or things above God. But how do we feel about this commandment? It can be tricky to like interpret that for like a personal like interpretation of that because back then it was like okay don't make a golden calf but they made a golden calf but nowadays it's like it's more tricky to identify what we ourselves could or could not make an idol so making an idol is the second commandment (laughs) so do not make yourself an idol is the second commandment. but the first commandment is just talking about oh okay putting the the gods before you yeah other right i kind of I guess I just kind of always associated the two as having gods and idols before God. Mm. Yeah, I, I think mean, I just right in a lot of ways. What was that? The, I just said they're kind of tied in a lot of ways. Like they are different because the first one is more like don't worship this an entity or a thing or whatever above me. The second is like don't make an image of anything or even of me and worship that image um but I don't know they're pretty they're pretty similar so I do the same thing in my head I'm like oh wait no they're actually two different things okay I see so whenever I think about this commandment I normally think about like what Daniel was saying with um the video games and stuff like that but how I I don't know I, I feel like it's more of a don't put another like actual god like another religion god or like but then again, I feel like what he said, like you could put video games in front of God, but how do we know when something is in place of God? Like, is it when we said we're going to pray to God and then instead we hang out with our friend? But like, or like, you know what I mean? Because it's like, I, I feel like 
we can try our best to have a, live a balanced life and not do too much of any one thing. But how do we know when something's become a God? Is it when we start replacing that our God time with that thing? Like, I don't know. I mean, definitely, like, at least for me, it's a very, it, it, it takes a lot of, like, self-evaluation to figure that out. Mm. For me, it's like, oh, I am, the, the time that I had spent for, with God and the time that I was, and, like, just thinking about what I would do in my free time and not even just, like, just for my own comfort and stuff, I would go to video games. Like, I would, anything that I could have had God be like helpful for i would have switched with video game. and i'm not saying video games because like that that's like you know a universal thing that was just like a, something particular to me uh, at a certain time in my life so like anytime i needed comfort video games anytime i needed to psychologically distress video games anytime i needed to have, like just stay away from people video games like it wasn't like i didn't have time for god because i put video games above him mm -hmm. uh, that, that's a very it doesn't also have to do like oh you changed times like you know like you are you you did your favorite hobby and then you also still spend the time with god i don't think that's like really replacing him i think it's like instead of having a conversation developing a relationship with god and like focusing on and having that time with him you use something else for that mm -hmm. like you're you are you are basically replacing god as your support system with something else mm -hmm. so I, I think that's the that's how I've seen it. And personally, I think it, it does take a lot of self-evaluation to do that. So not everyone might have the same methods that I do. So, you know, like some people might think that replacing God with something else is, you know, maybe, maybe it is changing a different time or having a different mindset. I don't know. It, it's, I think it's up to the person, but you know. Yeah. Self-evaluation is a, is a big uh, thing for talking to someone who you can't see. Um, because part of that is understanding how much time that you're giving to, um, or how much thought as opposed to time that you're giving to your relationship with God. My, my grandma always placed a big emphasis on like spending time with God and making sure that we didn't, we didn't spend more time with anything else over God. Like if we spent more time with TV, friends, anything more than the time we spent with God, it was like putting things above God. And I think that came from her own anxieties about like not knowing or how to identify with that verse necessary, necessarily. But I think it's, it, that's a good way, Daniel put it in a good way to think about it instead of like worrying so much about it like she did, like it was like a constant. And, it, and like, I remember at one point I was thinking like, when I was little, I was like, well, what if I don't want to spend all my time with God? And my grandma was like, you shouldn't want that. Like she was like scared for my like soul. She was like, you shouldn't want to do anything but be with God. Like that's the end goal. That's how you, that's how you like reach perfection. It's like, like spending all your time constantly God. Like she cut out watching, she used to watch like soap operas with her, with her mom. And she cut out watching those at lunchtime because she was like, okay, I, it's becoming an idol because I want to do it every day at lunchtime. Mm. I had a point with that. I can't necessarily remember that now, but I think that makes sense. I think it, it I think it is really difficult, like self-identifying and self-evaluating how you, how god wants you to fit in with that verse mm -hmm. yeah um this whole topic i'm thinking a lot about which is why i'm not saying much because um when we're kids like parents and teachers have to find a simple way of explaining these things to us explaining this commandment to us so that's where you have like i feel like explanations of like all right, you have to like spend time with God every morning, make sure you spend at least five minutes time with God. Um, and then kind of the way Danila, um, you described, you asked just for the heck of it at the beginning, 
of like, so what is like, what does this commandment mean? Does it mean that if you um, said you would pray to God later and instead of praying to God, you go see your friend, is that you breaking the commandment? And I feel like in my head, I was thinking of Uncle Arthur's bedtime stories, mm. which for people who are listening is um, like a series of stories that were written in like the, I don't know, mid 1900s. I don't know, really, maybe like 1980s, something like that. Um, but it's all like stories for kids, teaching kids Christian morals and things like that. And it's all very simplified and like watered down so that a kid could could understand it. Um, and I think um, trying to put, a, trying to explain what is breaking this commandment and what is not breaking this commandment as a universal thing for everybody feels like those bedtime stories. It feels like those simplistic rules that we give children. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I like what Daniel said um, about evaluating and figure, figuring out um, what it is for you that is your quote unquote God. What, where are you personally feeling, feeling that you're compromising um, with God and like putting other things above him? Um, the only reason that I also hesitate with that perspective is because um, it can also be easy to just drop this issue and like give people no guidance at all and say oh however you keep this commandment is completely up to you so it's like it, you have to find some sort of middle ground I feel like um like you know definitely pastors their job would be more to explain this commandment a little bit more and like how people keep it and how they break it um but then I also I, I also don't think it's the same for everybody um yeah, I was rambling a little bit there, but <laughs> mm-hmm. that's just, that's, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a tough topic to say a blanket answer for everybody. Mm-hmm. I vibed with what you said, because <laughs> I feel like that's very true. I feel that way about a lot of rules in our church is very watered down, and I feel like it can help us by not breaking rules I guess but it also stops growth also Mm -hmm. because we get so stuck in like the childhood you have to pray all the time to let's talk to God all the time becomes like more of a rehearsal versus a actual conversation connection and Mm -hmm. so yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. That reminds me of that. It's a verse somewhere. And it was like, God was kind of upset with the Israelites. And he was like, you guys are doing what I say. Like you're doing like the sacrifices and everything. You're doing everything. Like you're following all the rules, but your heart's not in it. Like mm. you're not, you're just following the rules to follow the rules. You're not trying to have a relationship with me and I feel like um it's sometimes it's easier to just like follow the rules instead of like really looking at yourself and being like evaluating yourself and um having a relationship with God because you because it can be like oh I'm following all the rules so I have a relationship with God and that's not necessarily the same thing Mm -hmm. and I think this commandment this first one um to put god first and not have any other gods ahead of him i think this is the most important one to actually genuinely follow um because i think everything and there's a reason it's the first commandment by by genuinely pursuing god and trying to put him first in our lives the other commandments will come easier for us i believe good point when when there's something that you want to do you're gonna find out more about it and learn it more like a hobby or like higher education. Um, People spend four years in higher education just to become a doctor or no, no, plus four years plus just to become a doctor. But, uh, you know, if you truly want to be a better person or if you truly want to live life to the best that you can, the best place that I found that is through uh belief in god and through my belief in god which has been something i've had since a child 
I've found the things that are being said in the Ten Commandments have been slowly being revealed to me and becoming more understood just because I've had that basis of I believe in God and he is what I believe. Mm. Love that. All right. Are you ready for the second commandment? <laughs> okay, let's, let's hear it, Caitlin. <clears throat> um, you shall not make for yourselves a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Okay, let's get into this because this is a controversial one, um, especially within our own religion. Um, as Caitlin just read, it, it clearly said do not carve an image or make an image i can't remember everything you said but <laughs> if you walk into any christian church for the most part you'll see images so how, like how do we feel about like art versus idol <laughs> this is funny because we have two artists in the chat and multiple <laughs> other people who do art so there's a we lot have, of creatives in the chat yeah. have we have at least three people that majored in art in the chat. We have one mm -hmm. current painting as we are talking <laughs> now. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of artists in here right now. Yeah. Um. Okay. I not think of what I was gonna say. So hopefully this is gonna make sense. But um, I I think. Obviously, I'm for art in the church. I am one of the artists in this chat, um, in this podcast, chat podcast. <laughs> um, so I'm definitely for, for art in the church. Um, I, I'm not for art in the church that becomes something you bow down, you physically bow down to or like worship in any way. But I believe that God is a God of beauty. Um, God is a creator himself. He exercise he exercised his artistic talents in creating this world creating the universe um and I think following it in his footsteps is one of my favorite things about being a creative person and also just being a human because he created humans to create and to be creative so by creating art like that's I believe that is what we're <laughs> to do um and I think creating art for the church to make the church beautiful is a good thing, but it crosses a line when you then start worshiping what you created. Okay. Actually, I want to take the advantage of the amount of creatives in this space right now. Um, how do you guys feel about when, or do you ever feel pressure when creating art, Christian art, that you might just represent yeah yeah sorry misrepresent <laughs> um misrepresent god what he looks like because that's happened a lot throughout history or misrepresent, <laughs> uh, um, or misrepresent like god's purpose or like any pressure with that also we can also talk about how god has been misrepresented <laughs> Case in, in point being, case in point being the fact that I am referred to many, many times as Jesus, as but even though I'm a white man <laughs> with long hair. Yes. Um, I will say I don't, I don't usually make Christian art, um, and when I do make quote unquote Christian art, I don't usually draw Jesus. I have drawn him. There's one painting I can think of that I did. But I made I made it a very colorful, like more abstract painting. So I didn't even like assign him a race. I just mm -hmm. had any man, any race, whatever. Um, and I was I, I made it abstract because I didn't even want to go into detail about like I don't know. I just I tried to avoid it. Honestly, I tried to avoid painting Jesus, not because of something I believe that's bad about doing it, but I just. Um, 
I don't know. It's, it, it is a little intimidating, I think. Um, you don't want to alienate anybody when you depict Jesus. You don't want to offend anybody. Um, and I also just, being who he is, want to do him justice. Nobody knows what he looked like. I don't know. Like for me, it's just not something that I always, it's not something that I ever really want to do, but I don't believe like you shouldn't paint Jesus. I don't think it's wrong to do. For me, um, I, I don't know if I've ever created a piece of Christian art, but I wouldn't say that my Christian values don't come through my art. And I think as an artist who is a Christian, that should be the goal more so than making something that feels like you're preaching at people. Um, I'm not a preacher if I'm an artist, you know? And the most uh, jurisdiction that I have to speak on stuff is my own personal experience. So that is what me as a Christian artist try to represent. But I, as a Christian artist, try to represent. I'm not hating on people who do paint pictures of Jesus or paint the stereotypical Christian art. I think I just have a better way of connecting to people without beating them over the head with something that's already been uh, beat to death. Right. Yeah. I feel the same way. (laughs) That's like, I've never really either created specifically christian art and that's it's not really because of that commandment but it's just like the the worry of like oh i might misrepresent something i might like do something wrong and like you don't like personally i don't really want to mess with that if it's i'm like i don't think i can even come close to representing god in any way that like is worthy of him so i'm like why even try Mm -hmm. and also like but that doesn't mean that you're not as an artist that doesn't mean like Delano was saying that your values as a Christian can't come through in your art Mm -hmm. so I I agree I think I I think there is a place for Christian art for sure like keep painting stories keep painting the second coming like all that good stuff but um it personally doesn't speak to me yeah. and it doesn't speak to me that I'm probably not gonna paint it or draw it whatever speaks to me will speak to the specific audience that I that I make art for maybe in a better way than other other Christian art would I don't know mm-hmm. what but you, you know you... oh sorry Janine ahead, just one second yeah. um some of the peak Christian art, in my opinion, would be like C.S. Lewis's like Chronicles of Narnia or even J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Both of them are Christians uh, who created art that wasn't innately and right up front Christian, but their values ring through. Uh, they come through even though it's not something that's ever been exclusively spelled out for their audiences mm-hmm. okay so we're kind of straying away from the commandment sounds like <laughs> we do need to do a podcast about christian art <laughs> we've got a lot to say but the commandment how do we feel about it <laughs> like how do we feel about um cross crosses necklaces um tattoos of god <laughs> like jesus like statues in homes surrounded by candles like i like more of like an idol vibe <laughs> when one thing becomes uh, when when a when a item be- takes the place of your god then it becomes the god so it kind of goes back to the first commandment mm-hmm. um so in in a I think it almost depends sometimes. It, it, like if you could have a cross necklace that when you when you see it or when you hold it, it reminds you to think of God, then I think it's different than, oh, this 
metal cross that I have on my cabinet surrounded by cabinets, uh, candles is what I go to to pray to every day. And I can't pray unless I'm with that. But, let's, but let's use the example of the Israelites, right? So this, they come, Moses walks down the mountain and what are they doing? They created a golden calf, but they didn't do it in to recognize another God. They did it to remind them of God. Like they did it for, am I wrong? I see a lot of confused faces. I think (laughs) what I remember is they were like, let's make this golden image and worship it. And they were like, it brought us out of Egypt. And that's one of the reasons why God was so upset. Cause he was like, guys, I like, I just did like, I did that. You know, I did that. Like the ocean guys, what the heck? (laughs) (laughs) And they made it. Wait, go ahead, Darcy. I was just gonna say the way I understand the story is that it, they did do it to represent God to give him a, a physical form because yeah. that's in Egypt that's how they represented their gods they were like let's be like the Egyptians and represent our God as a physical form and yeah I think I think God even though they did it and they were like oh yeah this reminds us of God this is this is the physical image of God um so they were still like technically believing in like the god that brought them out of egypt um i mean they confined him to an image of a first of all an animal i feel like that's kind of offensive to god to just like say this is this animal that you created now this is you this is a representation of you um they also kind of like i don't know when you when you try to put god in something physical i think it's almost like you are limiting God. You're putting God in a cage. You're making him small, something that you can control, something you can understand. Um, I think, I think that's the danger of like creating a graven image, something that you see as God, something that you worship. That's not God. God is, God is so much power. God is so much love. God is so much more than we can fathom. Um, I think that's one of the dangers and one of the reasons why he so strongly says like, don't, even create an image of me like right let's let's read it real quick it's in exodus 32 right so it's a golden calf so basically first verse moses um delayed coming down the mountain and the people gathered and aaron is like come make us god so that we that shall go before us for as for this moses the man that brought us up and out of the land of egypt we do not know what has become of him and so then Aaron, which I didn't realize he was the one that was the instigator of all this, break, he's like, break off the golden earrings, which are on your ears, um, on your wives, your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. And so then they created the mold and molded the calf. And then they said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw it, he built an altar and said, tomorrow is the feast to the Lord. Then they rose early the next day and brought peace offerings and sat down and worshiped it. Then the Lord said to Moses, go down for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf and they worshiped it and sacrificed it and said, this is your God, O Israel that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people and indeed it is a a stiff necked people. Interesting. Um, Now they're before me, um, let my wrath against them um, not turn against them and, and I may consume them and I will make, so yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it was, I don't know from reading that, I feel like it was the way that me and Darcy was describing it. Like, they were trying to create it to be um, God. And so they made it to like look like them. But then God later on in that same chapter, doesn't he tell them to make a serpent or a snake in like, so so he asked them to have a reminder of him. So how do we feel about that? Because he creates, he tells them to mold something in an image as a reminder. Rip. Rip reminder versus replacement they started worshiping the calf instead of god no they're worshiping the calf 
as God. Yes, but they weren't worshiping right. the serpent. Hmm. All he the asked difference there to... is, wait, what, Darcy? All he asked them to do was look at it. Yeah. And didn't he? Didn't he have them destroy that after, like, because they started like worshiping him? Like, like we have to. Am I remembering that wrong? I thought I can't read the whole chapter right now, but. <laughs> um but yeah i just thought i just remembered that just now and i remembered like oh he did but i guess it wasn't in his image and we were they weren't worshiping the image oh, yeah. Also, i guess yeah anyway mm-hmm. kind of went sidetracked again <laughs> okay you guys ready for the third commandment anything else about the second one all right okay i have to go back because i was reading along with you <laughs> okay. um Okay, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Delano's mm. got great ideas on this one. <laughs> okay, Delano, I'm excited. What are your ideas? Um, this is the um, don't take the Lord's name in vain, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of times people <clears throat> take this as meaning to not say like oh my god you know i grew up thinking that uh i was never allowed to say that and i don't i still don't really choose to say that you know if you have something that you um keep as uh sacred or holy then why would you use it as a like um exclamation honestly even then um but yeah, essentially, uh, from what I gathered from a class that I took, which was about um, Christian beliefs, uh, Christian beliefs, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the professor was talking about how this um, this commandment is talking more so as representing the name of God as something that's inaccurate to God's will. So, say a pastor is uh, preaching about how adultery is evil and adultery is a sin, but simultaneously he's out cheating on multiple people's uh, wives. This man is. Uh, okay, I think. I think. I think the example would be more like um, people like who do mass murder in the name of Jesus. That too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's more like that. Like there's a difference between being um what's the word um a hypocrite a hypocrite yeah versus this commandment because this commandment is specifically like doing something in the name of christ that is wrong like, well like i mean taking his name in vain that's why i specifically mentioned a, like a preacher because they're the face of god like your, your pastor is the face of the church yeah it could it could be but like everyone sins even past yeah so um i don't think that would be necessarily breaking that commandment it would be just breaking the adultery commandment but actively saying like god wants you guys to drink this poison that is taking god's name in vain (laughs) Because God did not ask you, like, you know, like, unless, uh, I mean, no, God did not ask, um, ask us to do that. So when someone's like manipulating p- people into thinking that what they're saying out of their mouth is like truth, when it is nowhere near the truth, because at least in your example, the, what, what the pastor was saying was truth. Yeah. Like you're not supposed to commit adultery. Um, and he was being a hypocrite. But I think this commandment specifically talking about, um, yeah, doing, using his name for power almost. Yeah. Um, like if you were, <laughs> like if you were taking donations for the church and then you stole all that money, that'd be taking God's name in vain. Yeah. Cults. No, no. I'm not really just <laughs> in general cults. It needs to be, well, I mean, maybe to a certain extent, no no not really because it's not that would more be like lying do not lie (laughs) yeah but i mean you're saying oh god is going to use this money to rebuild a new church and then you take that money and you go buy a car with it 
it's more like when you're like teaching your kids or something and saying that God will literally strike you down if you do not put your toys away right now. Like God never said anything about that in the Bible. You know what I mean? Like actively saying something um, against God's teaching is taking his name in vain. Like you can lie about what God says and be like, or be confused. Um, Mm -hmm. But when like, like again, like mass murder in God's name. Yeah, and perhaps a less dramatic example, <laughs> like saying, I, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, so I hate this specific person because they do this. Mm, yes. Being like, God told me we have to get married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be like taking his name in vain. Yeah, but also lying. So all of them also like correlate, I guess. But I also like the original idea of it or not the original, but the one I was raised with is just saying his name that always confused me because I'm not allowed to say, oh my, my God, but I'm allowed to say, oh Lord, my God. Like I was <laughs> like, wait, so when, what context are we allowed to say it? Cause why is it wrong here? And I, as I grow older, I realized that it wasn't about the necessarily the phrase but like my mom always used to say that's my name don't wear it out and just making sure that the like for her name she's like I would be like mom 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 she's like okay that's my name don't wear it out it's more of just like respecting his name for what his name is and knowing that that name actually holds power and a reminder to not overuse it so I feel like it can all that commitment can also correlate with that because in some like um like christian or judaic or what is the word um religions religions that follow the bible <laughs> some people don't even agree with saying god's name ever um and when they write it down it's very particular like i know in um in the Jewish religion, it's like that. So I feel like there is a level of power and importance that we need to make sure that we don't just use his name willy-nilly. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I feel about that one. That's a good word, willy-nilly. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree. I think it needs to be overall a respectful name. And we like to get hung up on like, simple little things that we can teach children and teach other people to do easily like don't say don't say oh my god or don't say oh my gosh that's a lot easier to say to explain to somebody than to maybe go into depth over like don't don't do bad things in god's name don't don't misrepresent him in this way um but it's 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 a commandment that goes a lot deeper than just Oh my God. <laughs> are, are smarter than we give them credit. I think we all need to start explaining deep concepts to children. Mm. <laughs> yes, I, I no. Well, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's wrap it up. So what is what is what is the relevancy of all of this? Like what is the relevancy of the commandments how can like why do we even follow it today like why is this even important to live and and lead and a oh hang on to live and lead a successful life an example of what christians should be which is helpful and loving Mm -hmm. yeah i've heard it like said that the I know we, I think we talked about it before, but it was like the first couple commandments are like man's service to God. And like the last ones are man's service to man. Like they, the 10 commandments are really there to like help us get along with God and get along with like our fellow man and just like help us out. Mm Mm-hmm. 
God knows we need the help. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think a lot of times in our, like, society, we don't, it's hard for us to see the relevancy of the Ten Commandments because a lot of our society today of us living in America, um, it's a lot of it's already, the Ten Commandments are already pretty much um, a part of our law, our our everyday law like if you kill someone that's really bad like (laughs) you can go to jail so um and things like that I can't wait till we get to like later on verses um, or commandments like do not lie because our Christian society has made that not a bad thing because they called it white lies and then said oh they rebranded it (laughs) so um (laughs) I can't wait to talk about that later on but um, as for these first three, I feel like it's the it's amazing how God took our worship to him towards him and made like a bare minimum little pamphlet version and was like, okay, don't don't make an image, don't do these things. And so I feel like they're relevant for us to know how to worship and also know that our God is not demanding. Um because he doesn't require every minute of every day. He just requires us to respect him, I feel. Yeah. I was <laughs> all those things. <laughs> all right. Oh. Wait, sorry, one last thing. Yeah, he of course. requires to respect him, but he also wants us to have relationship with him and I think these first three especially pave the way for that to be able to happen Mm -hmm. good point (laughs) okay (laughs) any other final thoughts um because we talked about a lot we talked about wow we talked about so much (laughs) I don't know if we could really like summarize it but I like the conversation we had about art. I like the conversations that we ha- had about how we treat each other and God and how we respect him and how we need to move past the, the, our childhood ideas about God and grow deeper every day. And that's what's so exciting about God to me is like constantly learning new things. Um, some of us learned some new things in this conversation today. So I I love that. Um, I love that we are constantly growing and learning and I'm so glad that I can do it with friends. (laughs) All right. So with that, bye. 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 This is a long one. (laughs) 